River Church this evening in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We're so excited. We're so blessed. Jesus is Lord. And we're going to minister tonight on a subject that we started Sunday, going to add to it and turn it around, called Going to the Other Side. Going to the Other Side. We've decided at River Church to be certain, to stay certain, even in uncertain times. That's one thing that's, that's kind of our course here is just to stay certain. There's a lot of things that would make you uh, be tempted to waver, to wonder, to give up, to be frustrated, to, uh, to be mad at people. You know, we pass up some marvelous opportunities to be mad at government people and you know, people in authority, like Wendy said. But I, it doesn't matter. We've read the book, and so it doesn't really matter what goes on today and tomorrow. We know how it turns out, and really, what difference does it make? But in the meantime, we do have to hold our ground. It does matter that. No matter how it turns out for the world, we personally have to hold our ground. So if you would turn with me in your Bible to the book of Matthew, we looked at a scripture in Matthew Sunday about going to the other side. Matthew chapter 14. Let's be encouraged tonight. Whether you, you know, you don't have to be discouraged in order to need to be encouraged. You shouldn't get to the end of the cliff and fall off before you say, I need a rope. We could just, we could just be encouraged every day. I'm encouraged every day. Every day. And that doesn't mean stuff doesn't come. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But you just put on the Lord Jesus. And because uh, he's already talked to us so much. Do you realize that back in the day we were preaching three times on a week for 50, 50 weeks a year, for year after year. Why, if you came all the time, you were loading up 150 messages, and that's just if you didn't listen to anything on the way home or at, you know, that was just the minimum. So we got a lot of word in us, and the Lord's already told us a lot. We may have forgot it or didn't have a, an understanding to plug it in at that time, but he's told us what to do. We're not without. We may not have been having understanding but we certainly have revelation and, and uh, insight on that. So in Matthew chapter 14, look what he said in verse 22. Let's, let's get something out of this tonight. It says in verse 22, And straightway Jesus constrained, that's an interesting word, versus ask or encouraged or whatever. He constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him. I'll come later. Unto the other side, unto the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them from the mountain, went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it's I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, if it's really you, bid me come thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But... When he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. 
And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wheresefore did thou doubt? So uh, he constrained them to go to the other side. Would y'all agree with me that it was the will of God through the Lord Jesus for these guys to go to the other side? It was the will of God. He said it. He said it, and apparently, apparently it was calm. There was no reason that they should question the command. As a matter of fact, if you read up here in this same chapter, chapter, he had just fed the multitudes. He, first of all, he healed the city that came out to him. He healed everybody. And then the disciples said, hey, it's getting late, supper time. And he, he used them. He commanded them, have the people sit down. Then he, he broke the, the bread and the fish, and he commanded them to break their part and to distribute it. So that had worked. They saw it. They were involved with it. There was no reason to believe that there would be any problem when he commanded them, go to the other side. Listen, y'all, if we would look at our own lives and how it worked out so well over and over and over and over and then again and again. When he said to do something or when we were in the midst of divers trials, we ought to just be cool because if it worked out then, it'll work out now. If what he commanded us worked out, then what he commands us now will work out. And so uh, it was fine weather, and Jesus wasn't nervous. He was fine. He had commanded it. There was no reason not to jump in the ship, the boat, whatever it was, and go to the other side. I'm going to say it was a great day to be with Jesus, which would be every day. But at this point, they were so happy. They said, this is good. In verse 24, in the Passion... It says, uh, the boat was tossed about by the high winds and heavy seas. So it was quite a deal. It wasn't just rough water. The uh, Amplified says it was beaten and tossed by the waves. And the New Living says a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. So it was a pretty tough go. Several of the versions I looked at said the wind was against them and they couldn't advance the ship towards the other side because they were having this headwind. So I'm going to ask you again, in the midst of these, uh, what did it say? High winds and heavy seas, beaten and tossed by the waves, uh, strong wind had risen, they were fighting heavy waves. Was it still the will of God for them to go to the other side? And that, that's a question we've got to answer because we have a contrary physical force challenging the commandment of the Lord Jesus. And we said, well, gosh, it's a beautiful day, and we've just fed the 5,000. Well, of course, if he said go, it's time to go. But then you have adversity. You have a challenge in there. Verse 26 says, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, skip down just a little there, it says they cried out for fear. When they saw him walking on the sea, they cried out for fear. Uh, let's just stop and analyze ourselves, because these messages are not for education. They're for application. If you didn't get anything, it was, it was a waste because the information is endless. But you could say that really you and I are no bigger, we're no bigger than the last test we passed. God didn't send the test, but there's plenty of tests. He does qualify us by the challenge, by the 
pushback, but you wouldn't know how big you were unless you could measure the last test that you passed. It might be that the next past was a test was bigger than you, but you know, hey, I, I, I'm that big. And then you'd have to turn it around and say you were no bigger than than the last test that you failed. Where you, in this case, we could go on and look at Peter where he, he sank. He saw the winds, the waves boisterous, and he, said, he sank, and he kind of whined around. I, it sounds like to me he whined a little bit and said, Lord, save me. You know, Mr. Big Shoes was out there on the water and uh, showing off to the other 11, you sissies back there in the boat, and suddenly a big wave came. So just thinking about that, if you're no bigger than the last test, you're as big as the last test that you passed, but you're no bigger, might not be much smaller, but you're no bigger than stronger, let's, let's not get bigger in there, stronger or resilient than the last test that you failed, that you drew back. Hebrews says, uh, you know, not to draw back. But have you ever drew back and you said, you know, I'm not going to do this. This is, this is too much and it hurts too much. And it's... So you draw back and, and you say, I'm going to go around the mountain and do that again. That measures us. Tests measure us. They do not cause us to get stronger. You're not stronger when you go through a trial. You're just measured. You just can see. This is how big I am. I passed that test, the temptation or whatever it is. So in order to be, get bigger or greater or, or more uh, uh, valuable than the last test you passed, wouldn't we say that you got to pass a greater test? If you just test the same thing, if you just go through the same thing again, it doesn't make you greater. But a, a, a greater temptation or a greater test or whatever would measure us and, and we would say I might or might not be as great as that test. So we always say, and I'll say it tonight, concerning a greater test, because James says, leap for joy when you fall into divers trials. That's a challenging little verse right there. <laughs> uh, you know, I, okay, endure and put up with and hunker down and, and load up, and, uh, but leap for joy. Yeah, I'm working on that part. But when's the last time we did something for the first time? The greater test is usually something we've never done, never taken for ground. We as people tend to be, uh, uh, not to be initiators. We tend to be defensive, that we will pass anything that comes to us that boxes us in. In other words, if we can't get out, we will rise up and say, okay, I'm gonna whoop this giant. But if it's just a giant laying out there on the South 40, and it's not bothering anybody, we hardly ever go looking for demons. We hardly, we hardly ever just say, this has got to go, it's bothering me, it's, it's uh, in front of the sun. The Word says that Peter initiated this. It's amazing. He initiated this. Everything was cool. Plus, he had his compadres. There was 12 of them in the ship, and I don't know if they were looking down over the edge, but it was pretty rough wind, and Jesus was in a new mode they'd never seen. He was walking on the water, and he looked like a spirit. Apparently. And yet Peter at that moment, he said, I'm going to be greater than the last test I passed. I'm going to be greater than the last test I failed. I'm going to initiate. So we could say of ourselves, take new ground. Take new ground. 
do something that you had never done before. But you got to initiate. Otherwise, it's just going down the devil's list, just going down the world's, the curse. Just comes to you, it's metered out. Sometimes a lot of it comes at once, and that doesn't seem fair. You just get under it. But here's the truth. I, I thought about this. I like this verse. Actually, did you know once Peter got out of the boat and started walking, he could have walked to the other side. Isn't that what the Lord Jesus said? I want you boys to go to the other side. Now, he did tell them, get in the ship. Because there was 12 of them. And there was no protocol. There was no uh, uh, basis for them to walk on the water because the only way Peter walked is he walked on the word, didn't he? He said, if it be thou bid me come. And Jesus said that four-letter word, come. So right there, he could have walked to the other side. So as good as he did, and he did good. I'm, the walking on the water man is big in my I don't even read the next verse. I don't even care that he saw the wind and he sank and he cried. I don't even pay attention to that. I'm talking about this man walked on the water and not because his baby was in the water and he had to get out there and get her or that his, you know, his wife or his mother, he just said, I'm going to get out there. And so we're talking about going to the other side. What it's going to take to go to the other side. Because they were pretty much done right there. The wind was really bad, and the waves, they were hitting a headwind. And suddenly, uh, Peter was out of the boat walking. So I'm going to speculate here that why didn't Peter walk to the other side? Because it was the will of God. It was the command of the Lord Jesus. And he had a 100% rate of uh, success rate. Why didn't Peter go to the other side? Well, he lost sight of it. He was in the moment. The waves boisterous, the wind. He was in the moment. And I'm going to just put it out there that the Lord has drawn us many times to the other side. And we really did start. We really loaded up and said, I'll do it. I will meet that word from the Lord. But we get lost in the moment and we lose sight of the other side. And I'm going to tell you all tonight, I am sure, I am positive that everything that we need to be successful is not all on this side. There's, there's stuff on the other side. The side that never bothers us. The side that doesn't demand. It's way over there. People are over there. Things are over there. But we're over here. We're insulated by the lake. And uh, it doesn't bother us because we don't know about it. Lots of things in the world like that. But Peter should have gone to the other side. And eventually they did. Because the word says somewhere in there, uh, uh, verse 32, when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Well, of course it did. Jesus was there. Just like, like Wendy said, just like if you had been there and you got back in the ship, the wind would have ceased. Now, these were unregenerate men. You know, they, they were not born again. They didn't know what they had except just the, the model that Jesus, you know, he was walking on the water. So Peter said, let's... Let's have a double portion of that. I'll take a dab of that. Uh, he lost sight of the other side. I want to challenge you tonight. If you can hear me say anything, if the Holy Ghost could talk through me, focus on the other side. Get out of any kind of maintenance mode that you might be in. Certainly a defensive mode that says, I'm just fighting the devils off where I am. I'm defending the Alamo of my own life. And we just say, ah, this thing's good. This thing's... Th 
It's been this way. There's always devils. There's always challenges. There are always mean people. There's always deficiencies and lacks. There's always sickness and disease. It always has been, and it's in the earth. It's not, we're, not, we're not under it, but, but it's in the earth. And get out there and say, you know, I've already got this thing pretty much uh, staked out for the Lord. I think I'll go to the other side. So would you point with me to yourself and just say, go to the other side. I believe the Lord's saying that. I believe we get into moments, we get into times of where we're quiet, and we may not define it that way, but the Lord is saying, I got more for you. Not just more promotion, yay, for promotions, more money and better hours, a better car, yay, all that's in there. But really, heaven's got all that. If all we're going to do is accumulate and pop the devil every once in a while, couldn't we just be in heaven? What is the use or what is the purpose? Well, he wants us to go to the other side. There's, a, there's an undone mission in all of our lives, and it's on the other side. I want to tell you all a story. I've got a few minutes here uh, about the story of uh, the Battle of Ziklag. That's, that's not like Charleston or Atlanta or Birmingham. It's Ziklag. And uh, David was gathering up the army out of the 12 tribes. And, and it tells it in uh, 1 Chronicles 12. There's, don't go there. But it tells there about all the tribes and what they were bringing to David. And uh, it goes down the list. The tribe of Judah, the tribe of Simeon, the tribe of Asher. And, it's, and some of the things that it said about them, they were bringing mighty men of valor. Uh, some of them, it said the least captain in the, their army was over a hundred, and the great captains in their army were over a thousands, thousands, just in that tribe. It said that they were experts in war. Cool. It said they, were, they had uh, fashioned war, instrument, war instruments for battle. Uh, one of them said that they, had, they did war by the shield and the spear. So this is a pretty giddy-up group here. But when it comes to Issachar, and you've heard this one, 1 Chronicles 12, 32, it says the children of Issachar, they didn't bring war machinery. They didn't bring a, an agility. It says, which were men that had understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. He went on to say there was just 200 of them among these thousands. The children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. That's a gift. That's a contribution. That's a part. In the New Living, it says, all these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. All these men, they, these are not born again men. The CEV, whatever that is, said, with troops under their command, these leaders knew the right time to do what needed to be done. Now, remember, everything that's in the Old Testament is ours in spades. It's the least thing that we have. Everything in the Old Testament is what you have in your corner. It's the least that you have. We always have everything that they had in the Old Testament. The anointing would come on the prophet, the priest, and the king. Well, guess what? You're, you're all three of those. Uh, the, the NCV, I didn't write it out, but it says they knew what Israel should do 
and they knew the right time to do it. I'll take a dab of that, Lord. Because isn't most of our life or a lot of our life or some of our life do-overs? And I'm not, not big ones like they used to, but we just, we're not guessing at it. We're still being led by the Holy Ghost. But many times I find that I, I don't know for sure. I just have a, it seemed good to me in the Holy Ghost leading to go one way. But I would like to have like the sons of Issachar, which it says they were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. I want that. I believe that that uh, tribe was in there for all these armies and these war machines and all this uh, 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 adeptness. It didn't mean anything unless they could get pointed in the right direction and know what to do. Uh, the BBE, the something better English, says men who had expert knowledge of the times. That sounds like somebody that's a, a prophet or a seer or a, an Elijah or Elisha or something. But it said all the men in the tribe had this. So I'm going to ask, because I like to ask questions to myself, and so I write them down and ask you, have we left, have you left for the other side? Because if we have everything Issachar had and his boys, then we know the signs of the times. We know what Israel should do, and they knew the right time to do it. Has anybody left for the other side? Well, I believe we're all in the lake, and we're, we're, we know the other side's over there, and and when we need to, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll UPS something from that side or send something over. But actually, we got to go over there to live for a while. It's, a, it's, it's different than this side of the lake. And we've mastered this side. You may not feel like it, but you have mastered this side. If anybody put a demand on any of us, we could do it. The only reason we're not doing it is because we just don't have anybody saying cast it out of me or you know I've got this and I've got that but when they do and they come into our lives we we're ready but there's something on the other side that's got revival in it that's got a move of God in it that's got something more than what we're seeing right now so I'm gonna say just boldly I like to be bold that that uh, the next chapter of my life and the next chapter of your life is not here it's on the other side it's still on earth. It's still in wherever you live and wherever you work and everything. It's not locale. It's in the spirit that we, we haven't looked at the other side. But there is one. There is another side. And I think we've read about it. And I think at times we've even visited it and said, well, that's unusual. Or I've heard about that. And this is what I like to do. But actually, let me just bring it to another place. The other side is the life we're supposed to live now. Maybe there's people that haven't grown up. They're still toddlers in the spirit, and they, don't, they hadn't even mastered this side. So we're not going to put them in the boat. They'll capsize us. But at River Church, and for Christians that are mature, that are pretty much living every day the same, pretty much, you know, maintaining their word, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying... Uh, out the plan of God, all that we're doing and more. Uh, I think the next chapter is we've got to put a giddy up on. I don't even know all that that means. But there is another side, and I want to go there. Ecclesiastes 11.4, let me just read that to you. It said, you know this verse. I tried to access it Sunday and just couldn't get around it. 
He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Boy, I was a farmer, and we, we knew the news better than the Bible. The weather was more important than what the Word said at that time in my life. And uh, we, we, what you did the next day depended on the 10 o'clock news. I never went to bed before 10.30 when I was farming because that's when the news was up at 10.20. They saved the weather till last because of West Texas. So the, 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 the Living Bible says if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Now, I, I said that's true. Do y'all amen that? If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. So I like what Debbie always said. Sometimes you just got to do it messy. You just got to walk out there when it's not just right and you're, it's improving, but you just can't wait anymore. It's time. Uh, the message translation says, don't stare at the clouds, but get on with your life. And I believe that's the message to us right now. Don't even really know how to Walk that out, but we have to get this word in first. And we say, I say, there's, if you have no story, you have no glory. Well, what's a story? Well, it's when you went up against the giant, and he was bigger than you thought, faster than you thought. His spear was longer than you thought, and your rock was smaller than you thought. <laughs> but you just go anyway. You just go out there anyway, because you're with God, and, and uh, you, you get a story. And every time you tell the story, it makes you brave. It puts courage in you. It, it, uh, it makes you look back at the Word and, and appreciate and be blessed by what God's done. We know that in the world, they say there's no risk, no reward. No guts, no glory, but we'll, we don't do that. So I say, here we go again, everybody in the kingdom can do it safe. We're not looking for everybody to stand up and say, I volunteer for safe. For easy, for, for convenient, for uh, something I know. We're saying everybody can do that. So we're going to ask the Lord if we can do something that's outside our comfort zone. And the wind out in the middle of the lake is there in one form or another. And we're going to have to go through it. But we don't care. We just don't care. Bring it is what we'd say. Bring the storm. We, we don't care. I'm going to read this out of Jeremiah again. I love this in chapter 12, verse 5. I read it Sunday, and I'm just, I'm telling you, it's a word. I stumbled into this. I'm telling you this, this little go to the other side. I stumbled into it. I, I saw it. I saw it go to the other side in some of my notes. And I just said, that's the word of the Lord. Wonder what, wonder what that is. If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace wherein thou trustest, they weary thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? So he's saying, if you're having a hard time in the kindergarten, we just cannot pass you to the third grade. The New, the new Living says, if racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? We know it's not talking about stallions and steeds. The message says, if you can't keep your wits during times of calm, then what's going to happen when troubles break loose like the Jordan in flood? Now, I will remind you that the world has lost their mind in this COVID. I don't know if y'all have any access to any people, but I do. 
Not everybody, but they have lost their minds. It's one thing to be careful. It's one thing to be aware. It's one thing to be conscientious. Whatever those things are, we are not throwing that over, of course. But they're just, they're just, they're scared out of their wits. They are just paralyzed. And they can't do anything and don't want to dare step out of the house to do anything because it might get them. And it's always interesting, the people that I, I heard this last this week, people that were so careful, they never touched nothing, never got around anybody. They, they masked up and tied down and, and you know, everything you can do that you think, well, that's a little overdue. They did it and got the thing. Now, that's disappointing when you're just not having any fun at all. You're just doing what you're suffering and you get the thing anyway. It just doesn't seem fair. All those people that are running around with nothing on and just running into people and all that, you know, and just acting crazy and they're, they're clean as a whistle. The, ready, the easy to read version says, if you get tired in a safe place, what will you do in a dangerous place? Now I will submit to you that this COVID thing and other things, we've been in financial turndowns. We're talking about the nation. We're not talking about the church. We're talking about just we're in the world but not of it. Uh, lots of people, lots of Christians have lost it and they cannot go to a higher level because it's just about to tap them out at that level. Do you all know any of those people? Have you been tempted to go there yourself? Well, we're not going to answer that question, but this is nothing. We have to dominate it. When, when a squall line comes across Mississippi, you know what we do? We stand up and point to Columbus. Now, we don't care what to do in Starkville, and we don't care what to do in Jackson, and we don't care what to do in Vicksburg. I mean, we do, but, but it's Columbus that we lean into. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And then as soon as we get them covered up and straightened up, then we come back to Tuscaloosa County. And we used to have to go all clear up to uh, Fort Payne. <laughs> but we got the flock all in close. So, but do you understand? We're not afraid because we make our stand. That's going to the other side in that sense. So uh, the challenge is don't be entangled in this world, but to dominate it because there's another world yet to come. We, it's not like I'm busy fighting the uh, wrestling the alligator here. How can you think about going out there somewhere else? Ah, if you'll speak to those alligators, they'll, they'll calm down and they won't bite you. And if they did bite you, you'll heal right up and it'll be, there's just nothing there except a bunch of talk and a bunch of fear and a bunch of world. World and worldly Christians. World. And we're not like them. While they're busy maintaining, buttoning down the, battening down the hatches, we're rowing to the other side. Is there a storm up front? You bet. We know there is. We know there is. We know that, that to step out is to step into the things of the devil, the things of this world. We know. We're not even like, I, I never dreamed it'd be tough out there. We know it is. The other side's on the other side, and there's something in between. And we saw the storm came up, assaulted them, and Jesus came on the scene, and it shut down. Well, that tells you a bunch, doesn't it? This stuff all has an expiration date. All of this stuff. No telling how many storms have crossed, come across Mississippi for Columbus and for us that had destruction 
in their midst and intended, let, let me just be clear, intended to kill you. Not just to mess up your new roof, to kill you. And all we got was a leaning tree and, and, and water in the backyard, mostly. I'm not, I'm not belittling anything that you went through, but I'm saying we're all here. And Jesus pulled Peter out of the hole in Luke chapter 5. Would you go there? Ah, I'll hurry. Which is the same speed as when I don't hurry. <laughs> but I want you to see this. Because we're on something here. And I may have to finish, I may have to end this tonight. And I want to get this in. Luke chapter 5, look in verse 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Luke 5, 4. Luke 5, 5. And Simon answering, we call that talking back, said unto him, Master, Master. <laughs> he could have said, you non-fisherman, <laughs> you land lover, you, you, uh, we have toiled all the night, so they fished all night. I, they tell me that's because the fish can't see the nets at night. Now, I don't know that, but that's what I've heard. And have taken nothing. Look, what's the next word? Read it with me. Nevertheless, nevertheless at thy word, I will let down the net. Now here, let's, let's just see what this really was. Let's dissect this. Have you ever done this where you obeyed without believing? You obeyed because the word says, but you didn't have faith in that word. You weren't believing the word. You were just like, a lot of people tithe without believing. Why? Well, I don't want God to get them, and it's a debt, and you owe your tax, and all the reasons that people tithe without believing. But here, he said, I'll let the net down because you said so. Now, I don't want to go to the principal's office. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. Their net break. Remember that. Their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships. How much? So that they both began to sink. And Simon said, he fell at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. I think that's... No, verse 10. And so also was James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon... And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. So he obeyed without believing. Now, this is a good lesson for all of us. Because sometimes we think when we do things that we believed. And we think the outcome is going to be positive because after all, we did it. But faith without works is dead and works without faith is dead. And you can do things, I can do things without believing. It's called, I'm a hoping and a praying. Y'all heard that before, haven't you? I'm a hoping and a praying. Hallelujah. Well, the word says that the net break, that they were going to have to repair the net. They were blessed, but they were going to have to repair the net. So now go with me to John chapter 21. Now see, these boys right here in Luke 5... They could not run with the horses. Did y'all hear me? They could not run with the horses because they were entangled with running with the men, with, 
with regular people. They couldn't, they couldn't dominate that. They said, nevertheless, we will, Lord, at your command. We'll do it. So they got no points for that. Did you know the 11 in the boat when Peter stepped out of the boat? They got no points. Now, they were encouraged and they were amazed, but faith comes by hearing. So they may have been ready for the next time, but we have no record of it ever coming up again. It was a one-shot deal. I want to get my shot. When it comes up and the Lord said, jump. My dad always used to say, when someone says frog, you say how far? <laughs> Instead of jump. Okay, never mind. That's bad. That's real bad. Chapter 21, verse 5. This was a short one. And Jesus said unto them, children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the ship. So this is different. This isn't the same. Cast the net on the right side of the ship and ye shall find. Well, Lord, we fished all night and we didn't catch anything. We, but nevertheless, no, that's not in there. These boys had learned. They cast therefore, and they were not able to draw it up for the multitude of fishes. Look in verse 11. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, 153, and for all there were so many, look, 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 yet was not the net broken. Big bunch of fish, but no cost. He ran with the horses there. You got to learn to run with the horses. That means you got to step out of the pack running with regular men. If, if, if the Jordan just trickling down the hill, just a babbling brook, as it were, if that bothers you, then when the Jordan jumps out of its banks, it's going to be real trouble. We must dominate at this level. We, are, we got to get a hold of our lives. Now, do what you want with this. I, I'm going to do with it what I want, but I'm going to share it with you and see if, it, if I can exhort you to love and good works. We got to learn how to, to dominate at this level, not just say good enough. I, it was bad, but I got healed. Or it was bad, we finally got through it and got... Got our refrigerator fixed or whatever. We got to dominate. Because what's on the other side is nothing like it is here. I mean, it's better, but you got to go through the lake. Have you all ever been out in the lake? Sure we have. We've all been out in the lake. You go, what was that when we went out there? It was the storm that came in the middle of the lake when the Lord said, go to the other side. So sometimes we went ahead and we have a story to tell. And sometimes we just turned around and said, I don't feel like it's the Lord's will for me to go across today. But it was the will of God for them to go across the day that the storm came and the waves beat the boat. It was the will. Would you all agree with me there? That was the will of God for them to go through that storm. And it is the will of God for you to beat that storm. They ran with horses. They got just as many fish, didn't have to have another boat, and their nets didn't break. Praise God for the first time. They got it in two boats. They had to fix the nets. But that's just running with men. Nevertheless, Lord, at thy word, we will let down the net, the nets. Actually, we could go there and talk about how the Lord told them, let down the net. And they didn't obey that either. So I'm going to the other side. 
I'm going to the other side. Saints, we're going to the other sides. We're going to the other. Well, there might be boogers over there. There might be devils in the way. There might be a pandemic in the way. Mm-hmm. There might be a financial cost. And I got my, I got my 501. I got my, my, my Roth or my whatever people get. I got that thing. I'm not risking that. Okay. Well, you stay over here. You stay over here. And do the best you can. It won't go well for you, but do the best you can. But I want to go to the other side. So, Lord, we thank you for the other side even being there and you showing it to us. And we're not afraid. We're not afraid. We're not afraid of what's between here and there. We will go to the other side. I will go to the other side. Melissa will go to the other side. Pamela will go to the other side. Barry will go to the other side. We will, Wendy will go to the other side. Joey is going to the other side. And Lisa is heading out to the other side. We are going to the other side. Matthew is going to the other side. Praise God. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for going to the other side. Strengthen us by your might in our inner man. Fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Lord, we are strong and of a good courage. We always triumph in Christ Jesus. We overcome because greater is he that is in us than the trouble in the middle of the lake. We're blessed, Lord, and we're going to be a blessing. And we're going to take the other side for the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to us this evening. Hope you're encouraged. Hope you say, I'm going to the other side because that's where the next step is. That's where the move of God is, is on the other side. Amen. God bless you.